0: What's up you guys? This is a special edition of Talk About That the podcast. I am John. Here's my buddy Johnny. Hello. And uh, we are actually coming to you tonight. It is nighttime where we are from where are we at Johnny? The
1: candlewood Suites in uh, Terre Haute, Indiana. Candlewood
0: Suites. Very luxurious. The finest wood. Yeah, you were talking earlier like what in the world? What is
1: candlewood? Is right. it candlewood wax?
0: Well, it's not wood. You
1: you wouldn't make a wood you wouldn't make a house from candlewood because you'd be like, Well, my house melted. (laughs) Would you? Is it a wood? Can you any listeners? We didn't even look it up because we're stupid. We're literally reveling in our stupidity. (laughs) Candlewood. It's probably some beautiful wood that we don't know of, but I've just never heard of Candlewood other
0: than the hotel. My guess is if they named it after that, then it's a thing. (laughs) Well anyway, we're actually there's a special road edition and we're without Dane uh, Mm. because uh, I jumped in the car and Came for a little overnight trip with Johnny. He is up here in Terre Haute, which we, we found out
1: means the
0: high high
1: earth pancake. Yes, we <laughs> <laughs> pumpkin pancakes. It, it means no. Pumpkin. It means high ground.
0: It's the highlands. Means high ground. Yeah. The which we thought it was hot earth for a while. We thought it was gonna be volcanoes. Haute because it's haute. It which was, Indiana is known for its volcanoes. It is. So many people so, every year get
1: get trapped yes. in uh, magma. <laughs> <laughs> Liquid hot magma, molten hot magma molten magma. Of Indiana. This so, is, yeah, a lot of people. They're like, ah. And that's why they come. They come for the beautiful volcano. Because why else would you live in Indiana? I love the people here. There's yes. some sweet people here, but this is some, oh my it's gosh. some flat. It'll like suck the soul right out of you driving yeah. through Indiana. Well, you know,
0: I used to drive uh, the kids from our church to camp the last several years in Illinois, would go through Indiana. Right. And, yeah, it's it's just the geography is so different than what we're used to in Isn't
1: Tennessee. there a ski, a ski place that y'all went to in Indiana? Uh, there True is. North or something? True mm-hmm. North. Perfect mm-hmm. North?
0: What is it called? North. It's North something. For whatever reason, I want to think of Paley Peaks, Indiana, which I went to when no, I was No, no it was
1: something north. I didn't go on any of those what trips. Was it? I wasn't invited. And, buddy, That's I can actually, ski. You know I've got the body for skiing.
0: For our listeners out there, we should probably clarify <laughs> – One time, Johnny did go on a ski trip. (laughs) Where were we? That was in... That uh, was Ober. No, no, no. That was at
1: um, North Carolina somewhere,
0: maybe. Winter Place. Winter Place. Yes. And, man. Oh, my gosh, guys. If you could have watched Johnny, it would be like... (laughs) There's this old video game, uh, and I can't... Was it called War? Was that what it was? Where it was like just one little little line would just move and hit like a dot and then move. I could see Johnny like a dot at the top yeah, of the mountain. I right. had skied down, and I looked up, and it was like watching this little dot from the top just move about five feet and then mm-hmm. fall to the ground. And, and then gather my up. poles yeah, and skis. Yeah, take about five, ten minutes to get up. Get the, cause it's get the shrapnel. Poles and skis would like slide halfway the down, down the mountain. Apologize to the kids who I had...
1: <laughs> ruined,
0: flattened, and then he'd get up and he'd go like another twenty feet. Boom! Uh-huh. And I just watched him for about twenty minutes.
1: Well, and just the descend. poles, like the poles are to help you go faster. And I was using them to hold myself up so that I wouldn't go. And like somebody looked from the bottom of the hill and saw me with the poles, and they said, "Johnny looks like he's on crutches." That's what they said, <laughs> which is not not the look you want at the top of a ski slope. That was the bunny hill too.
0: Oh, I didn't yeah, go any. I didn't go down literally anything. the the. the Challenge for that. Yeah, moment, it was like Cotton Candy up. Hill.
1: It was named. You know they're named. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go down Cotton Candy. Real? I'm going to go down Satan's
0: eyebrow. I'll see you. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, there was a lot of shame. I remember you went in and just turned in your skis.
1: Yeah, and then I went to the t- I went to the ski tubing uh, place when I yeah. found out you could just jump on a tube and go down these little pre made tunnels. Now, that was pretty fun.
0: <laughs> My wife Laura, who will be on the podcast soon, she's been uh, traveling and I've been traveling. Uh, but she had a very similar skiing experience. She didn't like, like it. Oh, she well, she has like apparently. I we'll have to talk about it with her. So you know, she was a cheerleader and on dance team in college, all kinds of things. You right. know, and and she loves crossfitting and working out. But she's had like shoulder surgery and different things. But apparently, she was born uh, with these shins that are extremely narrow, huh. like almost like pencil thin. So they doctor, you know, expects her to be. Yes, she gets mm. shin splints, and so the boots and stuff really hurt. Oh, okay. so one, it, it didn't feel good, and two, she's not a big fan of being out of control.
1: Oh, um, well, that's pretty much all skiing is really. It, it is. It's a. It's a. It's you're literally on ice. Right. You're on. You have to just let go. It's, like I hate when people act like that. Like northern people that that have snow a lot. They're like. You southern people crack me up the way you, you can't drive on ice. Like nobody can drive on ice. It's ice. <laughs> Stop acting like you just. Right. And second of all, I hate when people do that. They they, they you know what I'm saying. They condescend because they're like, if you guys get one snow, it's just the whole yeah because we don't have the trucks and the salt. Right. We're not, we not. If don't, you live in a place that has a lot of snow, they come clear the roads. Right. right. I just hate it. people are up north <sighs> are so condescending. I'm sure you so, so. I hope if we have listeners, I hope they think about how smug they are. <laughs> I hope you turn this off. This is it. if you don't like it, find another podcast. I'm just kidding. Please don't stop listening. Please we don't. You. We can't we afford you. to lose
0: even one. We love listener. you too,
1: Indiana. Even
0: yeah. <laughs> we did. Hey, I want to tell you, you did a great job tonight. Tell oh. us about the show you had tonight.
1: Well, I was in Terre Haute. It was a
0: fundraiser
1: for uh, an organization called Youth for Christ, which I think does like uh, Bible clubs in schools and right. youth evangelism. You know, preparing kids to be you know evangelists in their own communities and own classrooms. So it's a pretty, you know, well-known organization. Um, it was there's some challenges to the show because it was uh, in a ballroom at a country club.
0: As a golf club, yeah.
1: Golf club in uh, so it's like this big banquet hall, which
0: is also a country club. Yeah, a golf club
1: technically. Golf club could just be a club that you're holding. The right.
0: That's I should a probably allow
1: you to say the thing and not try to <sighs> John chime in. Sorry about that. I didn't know what he meant, but um, anyway, that was. A lot of round ta- like, you know, 40 round tables. So then, you know, comedy, comedy shows, there's a couple things for the right. listeners at home. Uh, first of all, you need control of the lighting because people laugh louder in the dark, so you want to kind of lower the lights. Why do you the think shows that is? I think two reasons. One, they're less self-conscious.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: A lot of people have bad teeth, mm. and they don't like the way that they look when they laugh. Mm-hmm. And there's just something about when you're all looking ahead and you hear laughs around you, it's like contagious, it makes you laugh. But if there's hot lights on you and you just feel like you're the only one laughing, it just it's a very stifled laugh. Mm. So you can't get a good wave of laughter going with bright lights. In my experience, and I've done some shows in corporate events where you just, you're able to get over and they're used to it and whatever. But anyway, so there was fluorescent lights and there was round tables so people have their back to you right. and you hope they turn around when the show starts but you have no idea because they've just been eating which is another huge comedy challenge.
0: Well, you know, and I've been to a lot of shows with you, and that's always a thing. And I, I was with you when you were yeah. talking to the hosts tonight. Like, whatever you do, please right. do not hand the microphone to me until they have finished eating completely. Yeah. Right, and that's because you can't yeah. laugh. Right, the same at least. Yeah, you you know, know, with, with your mouth full, or you're having
1: dinner. You're more, more likely to have dinner conversation. You're distracted by your food. Sure, you're. It's taking all your attention. I we know what I'm a eating. Book about
0: my life called Distracted by the distracted Food. Distracted
1: by yeah, the food. The John Driver story. <laughs> it's a tragedy. Uh, But no, it, so there's challenges, but it's not, there's not like cop-outs, but I was telling you before I went up, I said, I have no idea how this will go because they had not fully finished eating. They were trying. To, they no. were up against the clock. We came out. They
0: we, yeah. the green room was in a restaurant tonight. we yeah. actually went outside. Yeah, they said
1: just go wait over here. Yeah.
0: yeah, And when we came back, you were supposed to start by seven. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to be done eating. Yeah, and there was still a line out the door at the buffet. People yeah. hadn't even sat down. And yeah. you were like, dude, it's gonna just.
1: What'll happen? Will happen. It'll be fine. You'll do great. And I was like, John, you don't you don't understand if it doesn't go well, they won't remember that the lights were too bright right. and that people were eating. All they'll remember is, man, that guy sweats a lot. <laughs> like, they don't understand. <laughs> they don't understand. They just think you're bombing because you weren't funny enough. Yeah. So I, I'm always like relieved when I get that first laugh and, uh, and I know I'm kind of on my way and they're quiet and listening because pe- comedy can't be enjoyed passively. Right. It has to be enjoyed actively. It yep. doesn't matter how funny you are. If you miss the setup, you're not laughing at the punchline. So all those things said... I'm always surprised when an event has challenges and then goes well. And this one went really well. Um, but it's never like, oh, of course it went well. Like, I don't have that attitude.
0: No, I know. And we'll talk about that shows. in a second. I do think it's interesting, though, how this is this conversation with them. But often, the way I see it, what yeah. you just said, the audience is not aware that they're complicit in this experience. Right. Like, they don't know that. It could be their eating or the lighting or the way they turn. All they know is, man, it was
1: really funny. They don't know that I've been pulling strings behind the scenes to make sure that their experience is at least a 7 out of 10. It'll never be a 10 out of 10 if it's in a banquet hall with round tables. Right. But if I can get it to like 7 or 8 to where they, I've got 7 or 8 out of 10 things that I want to accomplish, you know, um, then I feel okay. They could lower the lights. For some reason, they could dim these lights even though they are fluorescent. I was like, thank goodness. Yeah. So they were able to kind of get control on that some. And so that that draws people's attention to the front. It's like the movie's starting. Like you're watching the trailers. The lights are still up a little bit in the movies. People are trying to stumble back from the bathroom in with popcorn. But when that last trailer goes on, the lights go completely dark. It's like it draws your attention the movie is starting. So I try to tell show planners that that's what you want. You want people to go, let's look up here now. The show's going.
0: I thought it was very interesting couple things because I'd been on the road with you so many times. Of course, we were in a band for years and i think about how differently which we're older and and you were by no means rude because you're just not a rude guy yeah but you have done this so long now how i was i was amazed because we used to be very passive yeah they're like oh sure yeah right. i can't really hear myself in the monitor but it's okay you're trying <laughs> hard brother bob or whatever yeah and you were very like, hey, and you reminded them four or five times. Very, mm-hmm. it's very direct, yeah, and and very intentional, right? Hey, listen, we really need to get these lights down. Hey, you know, and and it wasn't at all a a jerk move. Well, I hope not. I never know for sure
1: if I yeah if I come because on.
0: you and you even said it to him. You said, hey, I'm doing this because I want you guys to do well tonight. Yeah, this is your event. I you make
1: tens of thousands of dollars. I want them to get <laughs> their money's worth. <laughs> right, I don't want them to feel ripped off, but. No, it is – I try to be light about the things I can be light about. And then I also like – when it comes down to the show, sometimes it's too late. Like you've advanced, you've done all the advanced work, and you get there and they forgot to bring X, Y, Z. And you realize, well, they don't have video. They don't have a place to plug in my guitar. But if I yell at them now, they're just going to feel bad. There's no way to get it now. So you have to decide, well, I guess I'm not doing guitar tonight or whatever those decisions are. But yeah, I mean, you try to you try to fight for the show as much as you can without being uh, a complete jerk, because they won't understand. And I just don't want to be a jerk. Like, I never— Sure,
0: you, this, line, to, you, you never not get want to, into this to do that. Right. right.
1: I got to do it because I care about people. I want to connect with people. So uh. anyway, that's just the talking shop about comedy. So I sure. hope that's not boring everybody. But there are things that you put—you know, you want the show to be good, and you have to decide what that line is of— well, I want the show to be good, but I also want to not leave a bad taste in this person's mouth about me as a person. Right. So you you have to just, sometimes it's just about like prayerfully considering, like, okay, well, what's the balance there? Yeah. And I think I'd strike an okay balance. I don't think I have people complaining, like, well, the show was good, but he was a total jerk. So I don't know.
0: Well, the truth of the matter is, you know, a lot of my passivity and our passivity, you and I are a lot alike, I think, over, over the years. Um, I think I always. Equated passivity with kindness, and uh, because I was, my wife used to say, you know, when she first married me. Mm-hmm. Though I'm a very direct guy, I'm a public speaker, I'm yeah. a leader, lead organizations you know, my whole life since I was a kid. Yeah, but in personal, interpersonal relationships, I'm I'm likely to be a doormat. is what she would say. You yeah, know? Um, and I equated that with. A good thing because be I'm, I'm being gentle or mm-hmm. humble, yeah. and and now I think I, I, I'm more. And it's really not just because I'm older. I mean, because you could just grow into a jerk. You know, mm-hmm. I just get old and crotchety, and you don't want to yeah. get off my lawn. You know, that's not really the way I, I I see that. I really believe now that one. I think I think that there's been things in my life that have changed. That I, I don't. think like I got to please people as much, yeah. I mean, I want people. I don't want to displease people. I'm not a people displeaser. I'm yeah. not out to do that. Um, but also, it's not like my highest goal anymore to do so. But I think sometimes, though, the best way to love people, and I think this is a lot that book that just came out, Come and See, that we keep talking about, you know, that's something so great that's in there that, look, okay, and this is a business for you tonight, and you're doing a job here. Yeah. Certainly, what we're all doing here, if I'm going to love someone well, if I'm, if I'm going to serve someone well, whatever it may be, my best bet for them is to speak directly and honestly to them in a way that's kind, yeah. uh, but not to avoid uh, the issues. I think about marriage, I think about friendships, I think about relationships, and how many relationships there. There's just not a willingness to be direct because possibly those boundaries. You know, you referenced a book today in the car ride up here um, by Doctor Henry Cloud yeah. called Boundaries. I'm sure lots of our listeners, I'm sure, have read that book, and it's it's you know one of the most famous books. Uh, concerning the topic. But in the, at the end of the day, there's this, there's this fear among a lot of people in, especially in a business or interpersonal relationships to establish healthy boundaries for the fear of broaching the subject is going to be so offensive or it's going to cause discomfort. Yeah. And we're so afraid of being uncomfortable. We're more afraid of being uncomfortable than we are relationships to deteriorate or to go away. So you, and I think there's a maturity to what you're doing and just take it and apply that concept to what happened tonight where you know, like you said, hey if i don't do this and this goes poorly well they're not going to bring you back and they won't know why they'll assume it was you but you can not only cause their fundraiser to yeah. be successful for a cause you believe in you can cause the event to go well yeah. you know and 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 now there's a positive experience for everyone based upon the fact that you're willing to establish boundaries
1: yeah and i think the band experience definitely helped me as far as that like to get cuz there was that thing where we walked in we were scared to to like we weren't talented enough cuz we knew those people who were like Jerks, right? But they were talented enough to skate by because they were like, Well, he's good. I don't know if I'll, I guess I'll keep using him because, man, he's, we would hear these stories and be like, Man, let's not be. So we went to the other extreme. Yeah. I just don't think that, I don't think that there is, I don't think I'll ever be funny enough that I'll want to be like, Well, now I'm funny enough to walk on people. Like, that's not my goal. No. It's just like, I can get away with murdering it. Like, what? Why? Just, I don't know. I just think. You know, that even when I write jokes, people talk about it. I early on I used to run my jokes by people that I trusted. What well, is this offensive? Is this offensive? And one of the guys was a guy named Carlo, Pastor Carlo of Serrano in Clarksville. And then he finally messaged me back one day, he's just like, Johnny, just try not to offend God with your material and the fruit of that will be not offending people. That's good. And I was like,
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: You know? And sometimes that's hard because you're trying to interpret like what do you think would offend God versus whatever sure. but, but it's not a bad litmus. Like I think I don't get emails like I don't get hateful. I don't have pastors, and I have some challenging things on stage that I say. I have some edgy topics, but I don't just try to get away with things. Usually, the things I talk about on stage they're a little bit edgier. It's vulnerability. I'm talking about myself, right? uh, And uh, some dumb thing that happened to me or whatever. So, but anyway, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where. I don't push the envelope just to push it, and I'm not a shock person, so I think that
0: serves me well. I think intention is something that is non-verbally almost imparted, mm-hmm. you know. And there's times you can be misinterpreted, and certainly yeah. we're in a culture today where people are out to misinterpret. That's why that's right. why I struggle with Facebook, or right. why I struggle with certain social medias is that there's no tone, yeah. there's no context, there's no looking in the eyes, yeah. There, you know, all of these, you know. So much of communication is nonverbal, right? And it's based upon intention and other things you can tell. That's why you know you would not, uh, you wouldn't want to propose to somebody, you know, via text. I mean, there is certain important that you wouldn't want to negotiate a legal deal via text. You, I need to be able to see what it is that you know your expression and 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 what's the context of the moment. And so I do believe that you're right. You know, that's going to come out in ways.
1: I don't know why. Like, they're always, I'm always like, man, I'm waiting for that moment of, oh, this is going to be like. I had a video that I released two weeks ago, and it just passed a million views. The first wow. time I ever had a video pass a million views yeah. on Facebook. And so I thought, well, this will be the thing. I'll have a million people finally look at what I'm doing, and there'll be some hateful. This guy sucks. He's not funny.
0: Right? Because it was a, it was a, you made fun a little bit of trunk or treat. Trunk or treat. Right. Uh, but it's all lighthearted and I say, I love
1: the church. I grew up in church and there's great things, but this is a weird thing. And I would talk about it, but I'm not like piling on or saying, don't do it. And I think hopefully that comes through, but I just kept expecting there'll be the angry face emoticon. Yeah. (laughs) And as of today was the first two that I got, I got two out of, it was like something like 9,000 impressions, 9,000 likes. Or two dislikes, two like the angry, like how dare you, whatever right. that emotion. I was comments. one of those, right? So, you were right, one, that's so that's fifty percent. Yeah, but anyway, I'm always like waiting for that because once you get enough, it's a numbers game. If you get enough people to look at your whatever you're doing, your art, then somebody's going to not dig it. There'll be some people that dig it, and there'll yeah. be some people that didn't not dig it. And so the more people that look at, so I thought, well, a million people is a big sample size. So there's going to be the this guy, and there just wasn't. I was like thrilled. I was like, well, okay, yeah. So if you're just keeping it to yourself, thank you because I don't I don't think I have the constitution for it right now. I needed a I needed a win, John.
0: You know, you remember that story we told back on one of the first episodes about that like crazy hate mail I got over that the boy born right, Dan book? yeah. Well, Dane, don't bother responding. Yeah, it was. A, I will not. And his email talk was him. iron. I didn't tell you his email I'm was sharpens iron like, sharpens <laughs> iron. I was like, oh yeah, is and well. <laughs> Dane really challenged me, or you did one, you know, in a funny way. But y'all said, you know, I said, you know, I, I didn't because I didn't want to. Oh, but you're doing it now publicly. Oh, right. Like,
1: yeah, you're, you're like, calling that. You know you're kind
0: of right. I didn't realize that. So you know what I did? I went and found that email. Oh, boy. And I composed a response. Yeah. And I sent it. You're going to read it right now. You know what? I will read it. Don't right read now. it. I don't want to know. Why? You don't want
1: Now you have to give context because what if somebody didn't listen to that podcast now they're hearing this episode?
0: Well, why don't I just. Perhaps what I could do is read you the original, and then read you my response. This seems like a long time. Is it good? Is this going to be interesting to people? I, I think it's kind of, okay, here it is. Here we go. This is from 2016. Uh, I just read the David Ring book, which is the guy I wrote for, and was shocked by the lies you wrote in it. I left a scathing review, and it's something you as a pastor and Christian should be ashamed of. Man. Stating bits and pieces of the truth surrounded by lies, made-up scenarios, and fake people communicates that the whole story can't be trusted. Galatians 5, 8-9 has never been more true than in this book. You should repent and be ashamed of wrecking such an amazing story. David Ring is one of the greatest men I've ever met, and how a group of Christians all figured out that telling lies was the best way to frame his story is hard to conceive. This wasn't a movie. This was a book. Stop using the two-hour movie form which requires condensing of scenes and stories as an excuse for this poorly written soap opera of lies. Wow. Do you have anyone in your life holding you to the truth? And there's the best part. No need to respond. I'll just delete it without reading it. If you do man. brother, you need some serious soul searching iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another. And then his email is also, his email is from iron sharpens iron. I won't say his, his at Ironsharpens.com. Well, it's, it slash. wasn't quite iron sharpens iron. It was something form of that. And so, yeah, I mean, I wasn't lying. I think it's worse than what I said when <laughs> I actually brutal. read it. And so after y'all, really, so the podcast is, is changing my life because I was like, you know what? What am I afraid of? of? Yeah. I mean, so I you're said, like "Dear Dirtbag," I said, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> "I said," because I'm being accountable, being accountable to. Okay, okay, sure. So I said, "Hello, hello." I won't say his name. I hope you're doing well. When I originally received your email last year, I honestly dismissed it, mainly because your words were so full of anger and venom, and your understanding of the process by which The Boy Born Dead was written seems so obviously uninformed, especially since David Ring is my friend and the author of the book. But I am a member of the body of Christ, and I am learning to more truly treasure the invitation of God's word that we, as brothers in the kingdom, should allow iron to sharpen iron, Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, mm. as you have referenced." "'To that end, perhaps I did not do my biblical due diligence "'to to help sharpen you in return. "'And yes, I know you wrote "'that you would not even read my response, "'but would delete it. "'I certainly hope you can see "'the almost comical irony in such a statement, "'and if nothing else, "'certainly the unbiblical nature of it. "'I forgive you for this. "'I have made many similar mistakes in my own life "'over the years, no hard feelings.' Proverbs 18, one through two certainly warns and invites us to something so much better and full of life. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He who breaks out against all sound judgment. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. And I said his name. I refuse to be isolated in my walk with Christ. So let me first apologize for you to, for, for not seeing clearly the best and most biblical course of action and loving you loving you well as a brother in the body of Christ. To that end, I don't know where you live, but I would like to invite you to coffee or lunch, my treat, where we actually sit together in a real live conversation and hear each other's hearts. I want to love you well, my friend, so I pray that you will have the courage to do the same. I won't be angry or vindictive when we meet. I will listen to you and also share with you the incredible ways God is renewing my life and perspectives through the transformative grace and the truth of the gospel. I look forward to hearing from you soon, my friend. Mm. And I sent it. And he wrote back, and now you're best Buds. Dude, I wish you'd have written back. Wouldn't that be a great story? So we'll keep updating. This is going to be a Well, great... he won't write back. You don't think he will? His email has... What I got Dude wasn't unreturned. Un- 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 his email address is gone now. He changed it? He changed it. He just made that email for the... I don't know. Is there a chance he made it up just to send that one?
1: Well, because it makes sense because he said Iron Sharpens Iron, so maybe he has a, an account that he can
0: just make I up I went on. and tried to find him on Facebook because he put his first and last name and everything. Um. I can't find the guy. Oh man, I don't know what happened. Maybe it's like shipped on a piece of iron. It's like a misconnection
1: <laughs> on Craigslist. If you're out there and you wrote hate mail,
0: <laughs> I really did. I was like, yeah. "What a great opportunity here for me to grow up." Yeah, you know, and I did. I should have, I should have answered him back then, but I probably didn't have what I needed to say back then. So anyway, yeah. I don't know. I I was really looking forward to it because I think we just need to start addressing things. Well, like it's that. that's the thing is like
1: he, you like you said, he's uneducated about the process, meaning. David signed off on the way that you were presenting the book because there was stuff in the book that was going to directly accuse another person. So the way right. that you presented some of his testimony was as though it was a narrative, a, a, a fictional character in a true story. Right. Yeah, right. To spare
0: that person's whatever. Well, well, the thing was, he said, "Don't use it as a movie format." All right. And, and the funny part was the main one of the main uh, impetuses for empathy Impeti- Impetus. I don't know. That's just a hard word to say? Just the main impetus. Yes, the main. Well, well it wasn't the main because they wanted to tell the I think impetus story.
1: implies though, that there's only one.
0: You can't have many impetuses. <sighs> How
1: about one of the oni? <laughs> would you str- would you say, John, that you struggle with impetus
0: <laughs> oh when you're writing a book? <laughs> a chief impetus, right, for writing the book. The- <laughs> if there's
1: many, if there's many. Impetuses? Is that omnipotous?
0: <laughs> omnipotous? <laughs> omnipotous? <laughs> oh my goodness. Were, so one of them. Go ahead. Was a movie. Right. There you was wanted a, to make a... There, well, there was a yeah, producer in, sure. in Hollywood who for years Option wanted to make the, a movie. Yeah, yeah, screenplay. And so I was writing this with the movie in mind and mm-hmm. I actually wrote the screenplay. Right. I actually wrote a screenplay and it has yet to be made. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's just how it works sometimes. I, you know, um, but I mean... We've kind of put that in the book, though. Like, hey, this is mm-hmm. in that form. I even put that in the writer's note. Like, hey, think of this like as a, think of this in in terms of based on a true story type movie, you right? Know? But it was meant to be true. Anywho, they're just <sighs> interesting, just interesting opportunities. And I don't know. I think in, the, in my old days, the worst thing in the world would be somebody criticizing. Now it's like, you know what? Yeah, man. It just is
1: what it is. I mean, you know, one thing that I come from comedy. I talk about other comedy friends of mine and the way I've learned from them because we were talking about community on the way up here, and I think that's one of the things I've really enjoyed from comedy, and I take for granted sometimes, is if I meet another comedian, I've got more in common with a comedian who's my worst enemy than I do with most people who are my friends. Wow. I really do. Yeah. we Because I, I, there's like nine or ten things that I know immediately that we've shared, even if I just met him. Yeah. And so that's a really rare thing. It's like a brotherhood. And so, but I've learned so much about the way people approach comedy and the way that I approach it, and how you can arrive at the same. You can kill. You can do all these things. You can do well. But like one of my best friends, probably my best friend in comedy, is Marty Simpson. Yeah, and he was an all-American athlete. Uh, you know, just like just uh, different comes at life from a confident place. Yeah, and I did not. My I was very shy, awkward as a kid, picked on, withdrawn, Um and even when we were in a band together, I was like hiding behind the guitar, singing. But I did not banter. I didn't like speaking came to me late in life. So then, confidence in speaking. So I would start doing these jokes about being an awkward kid, and Marty'd be looking at me like,
0: "He thought you're does, making it up.
1: This does not compute with mm-hmm. what I know about you, which is you're like you're, you're a this game. guy, right? Yeah." You're good on stage, so why are you... And I go, well, this is this is who I am. This is my truth. And so he would go into shows thinking like, well, of course this will this will work out. I'll just stay with it. Because it, in football, you just train and right. then you get results.
0: Yeah, well, we'll eventually get We there. do enough
1: reps, you're going to get there. And I'm always like waiting for the other shoe to fall. Yeah. Uh, always. Yep. It doesn't matter how much success I have. I'm always thinking, yeah, but this will... I'll find a way to implode... I just have that mindset in life. I don't know why. Just not the way this I was raised, but I just have that. Yeah. And it's part of, part of that that little twelve year old that lives in all of our heads. And his twelve year old was like kicking a ball fifty yards already. Wow. But we all we both have comedy in common, and we come at it from Tim same way. Tim was an all American baseball player. Right. Set records as a freshman at Mizzou. You know Tim Hawkins, who I travel with, and we talk about that. But he has insecurities, but they're just different. And so the way they feed into your stage persona, I don't know where I was going with that, but I, I just find it fascinating that we all come at life from these different things. And like you said, somebody could have their own biases and their own thing. They don't know. They don't even know. That guy did not know what he didn't know, and that's the problem. is He right. didn't know enough about the process to really critique you. He just thinks, you've come in and perverted David's story. Right. And he's defending David now, not knowing you guys collaborated. Right.
0: So I funny. actually, I actually know David. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's the, it's so funny. Like I not only know David, I yes. was hired by David yeah. to do this yeah. and worked with a publisher and a team, and that's okay. And I think that's why it's at some point in time it's easy to vilify. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was doing before. Yeah. Or go, you know what? I'm not giving this guy a chance. Right. Like, uh, you know, him making a mistake with how he approaches me mm-hmm. doesn't shouldn't allow me to make a mistake in how I respond. You know. I mean, the gospel calls us to, you know somebody told me this week, hey, you know what, there may be people in your life that don't act like Christians. Yeah. It's a great opportunity for you to act like a Christian. <laughs> yeah. You know, and 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 realize this is this is when it matters. I mean, that's the whole story of Christ. I mean, how many he you said today in the car, I mean, him knowing that the, the full knowledge that all these guys, even his friends, are gonna run or betray him or deny him and all right. of these things. And yet the conscious decision, even with that knowledge, of what he was gonna do. And um, and you're talking about by the way that waiting for the hammer to drop. You know, Brene Brown calls that foreboding joy. That's the You that's told me the, this one time at lunch. You,
1: know, you said you have foreboding joy and I was like, what does that mean? And you said something you said I can't remember how you said it, but you said it's basically an allergy to fun <laughs> or enjoyment. And I was like, I can get behind this. I think this is a proper
0: Did I say that
1: diagnosis. But you kind of described it that way. Like right. it's like things are going well Right. And you're looking for, always waiting for the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But poison gas has just been released into the room. Must have, you know. Like <laughs> right. I'm waiting for, yeah, yeah. I'm waiting for the bucket of blood, like in Carrie, like oh they made me prom queen, but there's a bucket of blood hovering above that right. they're going to pull on me, and I'm going to be revealed as a phony and a fraud, and it was all a prank, and that's really in my head somewhere. I'm saying it's better than it ever has been, but yeah, it's in there. Like
0: yeah, being aware of it. I think people really do in this society believe that success will cure all ills. Yeah. You know, there's this, there's this, um, it's an internal thing. It's not like you're, you're aware of it, Mm -hmm. but it's an American ideal. Certainly that if you just work hard and even if you have insecurities, it's the, it's, you know, overcome, 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 overcome. And eventually one day, yeah, you know, we start pointing to successful people, and then you have this. And you were talking today on the way down about the the Instagram
1: yeah. version of
0: everyone's right. life. Their
1: highlight reel. You're comparing to your backstage or whatever. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah.
0: You, yeah. yeah every, you're just seeing their best, and yeah. it's filtered, and it's and you begin to to really somehow subconsciously believe. They don't have the same kind of problems as you because mm-hmm. their money or their success, you know. And that brings a great point up. We got to we got to take the steer this for a second. And tonight we're going to continue to come back to your show because I, I, that's what our road version. Why would we not? I'll talk about that as about. Show. But for a moment, I want to detour even somewhere else. Uh, and and we're not really going to talk about Tennessee football, okay. Right, I know we talked about that because and, that's just depressing. Well, right now, you know, we're zero and five in the SEC, and oh, Butch. and Butch Jones's job is in serious question. It's over, right? It's just a matter of does he make it through the season? Correct? I don't know. I don't know. And you know, but I get I take some heat from our listeners. I take a little bit of heat from. some I think of it's our one listeners. listener. I have one listener in particular. So his
1: initials are Weston Gray. I'm, <laughs> 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 I'm
0: supposed to eat lunch. Or breakfast. His
1: Twitter handle literally is Fire, Fire Butch Butch Jones.
0: Jones. <laughs> yeah, I know.
1: At Fire Butch Jones, A. B. Yeah, that pod, that
0: that the pod, <laughs> dot gray, um, uh-huh. and you know the thing is, and and I can't really name it because it the, never came out. I've referenced it before, but yeah. I did some writing and became friends with someone who was a very, uh, at one point, a very powerful man in college athletics. You can't name him. No, we can't talk about this. I can't. Why? Because I'm under contract. So not. It's like a non disclosure thing. Yeah. I can't say what it rhymes with? Nope, can't. You <laughs> really can't. <laughs> I mean, this is not live, so we'll just have to edit it. If you no, did, no, I won't say it. Please don't. I wouldn't do that to you. I don't have to, to edit. Okay. But um, one thing I, that we really talked about was, um, and it was there was a major story that mm-hmm. everyone would recognize if you follow college athletics, you know, of mm-hmm. a couple coaches and they lost their jobs and this and that. And, and you know, the, the mentality is, and you see this right now, well, Bush Jones is buyout, is eight million dollars and my I think God, you know. Well, that's the whole staff. I think his personally is it's uh, eight. We think they're gonna keep the staff though. I had the Kentucky guy go and he interrupted him, but the, the uh. <laughs> 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 These guys you know. any anyway, uh. but <laughs> it's like this it's like this this look, he mm. gets paid so much money yeah. that we can treat him like dirt all we right. want to. It doesn't matter. Right. And what I learned from extensive we spent a couple years really working on different things and he's still a friend today mm-hmm. what came away with is what people don't know what fans don't realize is yeah. just because you've made millions of dollars right. doesn't mean you're not a real person
1: yeah and then they do they think well if i made that i would just take my lumps and do whatever i'd right. it's like the same thing with the the players taking a knee and i don't necessarily agree with them taking a knee uh, i think they have the right to do it but if you want to use your platform for that and you've decided this is right, then to say to you, you make millions of dollars, blah, 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 that's not the right argument. It's not. There's, there's an argument to be made for not taking a knee. Sure. That it's the wrong thing at the wrong time. But the argument should not be, you make millions of dollars, stop disrespecting, you know, you owe me, because you get to right. play a game for a living, you owe me the respect to do what I want on Sundays, Right. That's not fair.
0: And I get the right to say yeah. anything I want to as if you're not even human. Right. Oh, I get to tweet at you. Because you're not human to People
1: me. People that do this with college kids, like 19 year old kids. Right. They're just. Kid, they're like, like they're not going home and crying. Like, right. You know, like Josh Dobbs doesn't read his tweets and go, like, why would anybody write this hateful stuff or
0: whatever. I know. It's.
1: Because it's, you threw an interception.
0: <laughs> and I think when I was younger, I certainly, when you're a fan, it, yeah. there's, a, there's a mob mentality to it. Mm-hmm. And. You know, there's the passion of the fan base, and I think I think, I think
1: all that's fine. I think Butch Jones, uh, it's a job, and if he's not doing the job, that's one thing. But this idea that like putting moving signs in his yard and doing all this stuff, it's just stupid. It's 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 dumb, and it's hurtful. Well, you he's know the a, story he's
0: with about the death threats. Like he
1: wanted to fail. Nobody wants to fail. No,
0: I mean, uh, yeah. or or that there's not something. Look, again, no one wants to acknowledge this. But two years in a row, he's lost like. Two of the best players in offense and two of the best players in defense that that I mean made it would have possibly made a difference in the games. Right, the ball falls a certain way. Mm-hmm. People get in. I mean, my gosh, we, we have an all-American. Kick-off we said we weren't going to talk about the ball. I know. And we've talked for I know. Time. I'm sorry. Listeners, let's go. Let's get away from this and let's get back. Let's get back to the show tonight. Now I've been obviously <laughs> been with you a long time. Uh, I'm actually on your most recent comedy DVD. I make a That's cameo right. appearance. Somebody mentioned that. They
1: said cuz they know you and they mm-hmm. know me and you've done some speaking for them. Uh, my friend Patrick Gear who runs a, a he's a promoter, show promoter. Really nice guy. And he was like, "Man, I, when you brought John on stage for your DVD taping, I got so excited." And then he was up there like five seconds. Like, he was almost like bothered by it. Like he couldn't <laughs> see that it was a stunt. That was the gig. The that whole was The point gag. was that yeah. there's a gig, a bit where I'd bring John on stage to sing a song. They bring a microphone out and everything. and then He makes John, a big intro. Yeah. Right. And then I sing part of a song and John harmonizes one note. One. And then I go, ladies and gentlemen, hey, John. Yeah, and then it. he just leaves. And I leave really pull quickly. The yeah. Yeah. And that's the reason it's funny is why would he go to all that trouble for right. that?
0: I mean literally like a stagehand brings equipment right. out. Like yeah. For, but for Patrick a, was
1: bothered. On behalf of you, because he was like, I want to hear y'all sing together, because we used to sing together a lot. We
0: should tell Patrick that when I release my own comedy DVD...
1: Right. um, John's getting it together.
0: You know, guys, here's the deal. You know what? I guess I can officially say I am under contract. (sighs) I'm under contract on a book uh, that is going to be a... It's a tongue-in-cheek funny book that will release, it looks like, January of 2019. Don't say a target date. What if it's held up? Well, it's in contract for that, so Um. under contract for that, but... So it is. Uh, I'm not gonna say what it is yet. Don't say no,
1: no. But it's fine. Just but know it, that it's gonna blow ugh. your mind.
0: And you know what, Johnny? I'm gonna put together a good five ten minutes on stage, and you're gonna help Look, me. Look, people don't read
1: comedy books anymore. But if they did, you listen. It's you're not.
0: Get, it's not just okay. It's not like the Tim Hawkins book. Oh, it's not like a book of jokes. Okay, it's like a. It's a handbook. It's like the whole book is a joke. Okay, you well, know, I like the
1: sound of this. You know what I'm saying?
0: The whole book is like, did they go to this much trouble? Did mm. this dude go to this much trouble to write about this ridiculous topic? And the answer is, I will have. You, had, I you, will have. you betcha. Um, so looking forward to that. But anyway, and, and the, the, the truth is, let's just be honest, Johnny. Let's talk yeah. about that. <laughs> uh, okay. I had some jokes today. You did have some jokes. That I was pitching your way for you to help sharpen me, because iron sharpens iron is what we learned I've today. I've heard that from yeah. so many emails. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't think I got nearly the response from you that I needed. Well, you need me to laugh out loud. No, I need you to go, hey, that'll work. Let me help you make it better. No,
1: you needed it to be good out of the box because you're used to being really good at things. I'm not used to being really good at things. Yeah, you are. John, you're good at a lot of things.
0: Listen, I see, again, you have your perception of who okay. you think I am. You know what I'm saying? You, you're saying I'm not being fair? I want to be fair to you. I don't. You know what? Here's the deal. I'm one of those guys that I'm I'm good at some things. Yeah. I'm probably the guy, instead of focusing on his strengths, who focuses on making his weaknesses better, which is not a good thing to do, they tell us. Really? Is that not right? I don't know. That's how
1: the guys that have the big biceps never do anything but arm curls. Right.
0: I'm the guy that, like, if I'm good at something, I'll go spread myself too thin trying to get good at a bunch of other stuff I'm not good at. And Uh so leadership-wise, it has some issues. But I always say, I told somebody this, that whatever happened to the idea of renaissance, renaissance men, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever happened, you know, King David, my gosh, was good at, he was a poet, he was a warrior, uh, he was a musician, he was a king, and he did all these different things, and and the idea of just being, I guess, uh, monochromatic in your life, that everything is kind of in in one tone or one shade, I don't know if that's who I want to be. I don't know. But at the same time, I can also spread myself too thin and not be good I at it. I think anything. it's
1: a good idea for someone who writes and speaks like you do to get better at working humor, because you're a humorous guy, working humor into your presentation, especially if you're going to be promoting a humorous book.
0: Right. It's that, good and to that, get that's more kind of the context of, of some of the stuff. Now, I, I, I think a,
1: you had some good premises. See, now, I, this is another thing you might not know about comedy. When I talk with comics about this, uh, when you start out, it's all about punchlines, because that's what you're doing now. You said, what about this? And it's a way for you, like you had one, it was just, I don't want to tell your jokes, because it sounds like I'm te- tearing the jokes apart. But they're like, it's all about the punchline. Let Let's me get, one let me get to one? say, oh, why don't you tell one? What do you think?
0: No, no, which one, would you, which one are you thinking of? I'm not afraid. Because once people hear it on stage someday, and it's so good, then we'll right. know it went through what the process. What was the one about
1: the uh, Asian? Do that one, that <laughs> one's the like edgiest it. one. That's funny, it was funny. is not funny.
0: Yeah. Well, I just have a joke now. Again, you have to set it up because you reminded me. Like you don't want to sound like a creeper, right? With it, so I got a spam like, email. Like, out man, I got this crazy spam email. Never got anything like it before, and it said that hot Asian girls right. had seen my photo and were wanting to connect with me. Right, and I'm like, well, I know that this is spam because I've seen my. I've photo. seen my photo.
1: Yeah, it was <laughs> pretty great. Yeah, well, well
0: that's, that's a
1: good premise, uh, and so that's different than the other ones you. You'd let me hear. Yeah. Like, the other ones were like puns or they were like wordplay. Yeah. And it was like.
0: And that's the small. Oh, that's that's a fine. Low, no, that's, that's low
1: form. No, that's totally fine, though. But I'm saying the, the more I've been doing this now, what really gets me going is not one punchline that's like a throw, like, oh, I said that punchline, now let's move on. It's a great premise that I could maybe get five jokes out of. Right. So that's a good premise that could be five or six you jokes. Know, I it need could some be tags, a two minute bit. I
0: need some, yeah.
1: Right. This, the idea of getting those emails. Because I had one similar that was like, hot girls are in your area. Right. We get those hot And I'm just like, that's never been the issue. As long as I've been around, there have been hot girls. As long as I've had an area, hot girls <laughs> I, have been in it. And and then my other tag was like, uh, I've only done it a couple of times, but I, the other tag I did was like, do they get an email at the same time that says, huge dorks are in your region. <laughs> Mediocre Click men here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> are, are <laughs> yeah. hovering near. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, it, I think that's part of what I want to do. Like I have like again, I have a really great, mm-hmm. I think, possibility of a long a long bit with many, many punchlines and tags based off of IKEA. But you're worried, right, that it's, it's too, well-worn ground. It's too narrow maybe of a population you understand what I'm talking no, about. No, no, I think that's not that. It's just that it's like
1: in comedy we talk about hack, meaning not stolen. People think hack means stolen, but it's not. Hack means... Already done. It's been done to death. Like if you talk about airplane food. Right. Like every 80s comic did airplane food. So now if you start talking about airplane food, it's like it better be some original take that we've never heard. But if
0: I don't want to be say a professional comedian like you, I'm just oh, I'm a speaker who's gonna throw a few jokes at That I made up though. No, oh, I'm not sure. talking things I borrow. No, no, no. But I'm thinking, like here's the deal. If I say something funny and you said it, I usually to, to tell them it's like my buddy Johnny always says. <laughs> and I still get credit for it because they laugh.
1: Right. And then you get credit I don't know if for it. I like it. this arrangement.
0: Johnny I've made millions of dollars off your jokes.
1: Oh, this is so really unfortunate.
0: Millions. So
1: you know um I don't know. But I think it's a good it's a good goal and I I told you you should pursue Taking a comedy writing class You did that Rick I Roberts that.
0: Who oh, Rick Is, Roberts my, is one of my best
1: buddies yeah, Huge comedy mentor of mine And he recorded a comedy CD last night Downtown Nashville nice. And I went I got to open the show Host the show Nice Me and my buddy Brian Bates And uh, what an honor to be asked To host somebody's recording Rick is,
0: Rick is a terrific He person. is one of the
1: best people ever yeah. and, and so uh, is Brian I love Brian Yeah they're just great. And so, and it was such fun and a great crowd. And I hope he got what he needed from the show. Cause, like, you hope that the audio is not bad or whatever. Like, the crowd was good. So now you hope you got what you need. Yeah. So I was proud of him and that happened. But anyway, yeah, he's he teaches a writing class and you took that writing class. Yep. And it helped, right? You got a better idea of
0: joke structure. Well, I was doing that marriage conference in Wisconsin yes. and they lost their comedian. Oh, right. And so they and You're like, I can do it. Well, no. <laughs> They knew that I had written Tim Hawkins' book, and they knew mm-hmm. that I'm friends with you, and you're right. the one that helped me get that opportunity in the first place. I've done tons of marriage things, but never yeah. like that. And you, I just remember going, you know, I, I'm funny when I preach. I think, I mean, there's things I'm not trying to do punchlines usually. It's just mm-hmm. kind of observational, and some usually it's not planned.
1: It's yeah. just
0: you know, um, it's so it's not. That's why we make fun of me as being a humorist and not a comedian. I mean, it's, it's just you're kind a of humorist, right? It's a humorist. Um, but it was like, they were like, hey, could you be a little, could you be funny? Yeah. You know, while you're speaking. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll say again, I have no business doing that. You always say yes.
1: Yeah. It's I like said, if they, it's oh, like absolutely. the actor, they say, can you ride a horse? And you're like, you bet. Then you go take horseback riding. That's exactly <laughs> what it was.
0: It was like, well, I mean, you know, I'm, I mean, it wasn't like, though, I'm a, dry, I don't think I'm just a dry guy who's never got a laugh out of a no, crowd. No, 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 no. I was thinking, okay, I got, surely with all my friends, yeah. I got enough people around and I, can, I have, what, a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'm already, you know, most of the time there's funny things going on when I speak. So surely I can be more intentional and learn a little bit. But again, I look at it now in retrospect, it's really stupid. Yeah. Like what I should have said is, you know, I'm really not a comedian. But instead I go, sure, I'll I'll give that a shot. And went to a comedy writing class. And actually, I thought the conference went really well. I think
1: you did great. And Patrick was so super thrilled and, uh. I hope he doesn't like listen to this and feel manipulated and taken advantage of now because you <laughs> you lied. No, no, John was ready to do it. I recommended you before there was even like the comedy element was part of it. I when just said, I "Oh, he'll be like, perfect and he'll do the great. He'll do a great job." Comedy
0: was literally probably less than five percent of what I did. You know, but it was just opening and I right. had a few. But I like intentionally two percent. I heard, 2%. <laughs> heard it was about two percent. You intended for it to be five. Yeah. It Ended up being about two. So. Yeah. Hey, listen, uh, something exciting, you know, we talked about last week, uh-huh. uh, Johnny, that we were going to send some prizes. Did to we? people who gave great reviews, I oh. don't have that oh. per se. I haven't checked the reviews, but I will. But I'm in Indiana right now, and what am I supposed to do? They don't have internet here. Right, there's no. Real. It really don't have internet here. It's They're been hours. It's been difficult. This first world is hard. We pulled over to McDonald's. I had to send an important business email, and I swear mm-hmm. to you, it took a good fifteen minutes. And I was like, "How do people live, Johnny?" I, don't I know. barely
1: had time to eat the three cheeseburgers that I ordered.
0: We should probably reference the fact, yes, that. We ate McDonald's for breakfast. Yeah, we kind of then got here, got checked in, and ate at a Mexican restaurant next to the hotel. Mm-hmm. I don't know about three o'clock. Yeah, we had to be at sound check around five thirty. Mm-hmm. You ate again? Whoa, I was getting there. <laughs> you ate the buffet. <laughs> They had a buffet and I'm I don't standing eat there. Before I go on you stage. don't eat. And you're like all getting nervous and no, I don't get worried nervous. I just about. You well, know, you're stage. just like worried about. oh, I hope they turn the lights down. And I, I'm standing. There. I worried, John? You were literally saying important things to me, and I you had a chicken <laughs> leg
1: in your face.
0: <laughs> I looked at you and I said, I just cut you off, and I go, "Is it weird that I'm really hungry right now? I don't know why we just ate. Yeah, it's so like I, two hours. I later. went over and got a plate of food. Yeah, and ate it. Right, and then. And then, you know, we, you did your show. It was great. Everything I, t- hey, everything I said would happen, would happen. You killed, and it was awesome. And the <laughs> lights I don't know why I, I don't You don't believe in me more than I believe I'm in right me. I'm right every time. You forebode joy, and I'm here to restore it for you. <laughs> And so, and so then afterwards, you hadn't eaten supper, and you're like, "Well, you know, well, I should probably mm-hmm. go eat something." I was like, "Well, I'm just going to sit and not." And then we went going to Denny's, yeah. and then I tried to order soup. I tried. Did I not? Did I not? You talked about
1: it, but you talked about it like you don't have soup, do you? No, you talked you didn't about it like that.
0: You didn't want me to have the soup because you wanted to eat. Tell what me, you were weren't me.
1: relieved when they said they were out of soup.
0: No, after. I love soup. I would eat soup dead of summer. I love soup. But all if the time. that was all you were going to get, like I'll just have the soup. I tell you something. We're out of
1: soup. You were like, you said pancakes. So quick after she said they were out of soup. I did not. You're like, well, if you don't have the soup, pancakes? I didn't. You got salted caramel <laughs> banana pancakes. They had s- salted caramel banana slices and what it the heck, a couple bad. of corn no, dogs. They, get- <laughs> they were unbelievable.
0: Now that you're saying it out loud, so Elvis sounds-
1: thought it was out of control. He thought it was a little excessive.
0: And um, well, I didn't eat them all, I did eat all the hash browns, eggs, and sausage. It looked like then- a pillow. It was that big. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something. It looked it, like a throw it cushion
1: way. with banana slices. It was.
0: On it. <laughs> it was so covered in just sugary goo. Mm-hmm. It required no syrup. No. It was unbelievable. It was so good. It was I had good. A bite. I had a bite, and I ate a lot of it. And mm-hmm. so I don't know. I, at this point, I've lost track. We're going into carb comas right after we record yeah, this. Yeah, it's at, it actually is late here. It's uh, yeah. it's almost uh, it's almost midnight. Okay, right now. So. But I did want to read, though. I did get a text from one of our listeners who's... Uh, oh, that's nice. They're friends. They're actually uh, campus pastors at the University of Memphis. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah beautiful. Uh, Matt and Jackie Draymond been friends for years. They used to be in Knoxville, and they went to UT, and I went mm-hmm. to UT, and you were, you know... Great folks. And uh, and so uh, she sent this, and I thought it was really insightful, and it gave us kind of a place to go as we talk for the rest of the podcast. Uh, she said, uh, I caught up in your podcast and uh, while she was running and talked about the conversation being good, and... Uh, and it was encouraging because their ministry's messy and, you know, they're doing what we all do uh, in that and and they're doing a great job with it. But she said, curious though, you mentioned legalism versus worldliness and asked which was worse. Currently, what we see as worse than both of them is apathy. We see it on both sides, those who are legalistic and worldly. Would you guys uh, address that sometime? Which okay. I sold her. I thought it was great. You know, we with that last episode. If you haven't listened to it, I'd go back. You maybe push pause on this one and go back and, and listen to it. We were kind of addressing. You know, what do you think the greatest, the greater danger uh, is? That you know, people are worldly. They look like the world. They're legalistic. And you know, someone reminded me. My buddy. I think who reminded me was it John Kerry? You know. Uh, it's really important to me that I remember who this was for whatever reason, Mm-mm. but it may not matter at all. At any point, at any rate, yeah. the point is, yeah. uh, there was issues I was needing to address with people and, and some of those were just right and wrong issues, yeah. almost of like Phariseeism. Right. And I was really struggling to make sure, and I think it's right, to, to, to address that I addressed it correctly. And they said, you know, listen, Jesus Jesus really didn't hold back when it came to legalistic people.
1: Yeah. Like he was hardest on them.
0: I mean, yeah, he he was he was man. He'll take the woman caught in adultery,
1: whitewashed tombs. Yeah, he take the yeah, he'll take the woman caught in and, adultery and, and, say, and be merciful. I,
0: I, I let you go, right. you know, and not that he's condoning what she had done. He right. tells her to go and go don't and do it, no it anymore. Yeah. but but man, the Pharisees he called them the brood of vipers and whitewashed tombs because you are you are good on the outside, but inside you is are dead men's bones that you yeah. uh, you tithe. Off of the smallest herb in your garden, and turn around and extort and rob widows and orphans, and he absolutely—I mean, he beat him with whips and drove him from the temple. Not just like literal Pharisees, but those who were making a mockery of religion. Yeah. And um, I mean, I think to go back to that question for me, yeah. I think it's this is the deal. You know, when I say I really believe the greater danger is probably legalism than worldliness. Now, understand what I mean by that? I'm not condoning worldliness. But I think the one that separates us from being willing to understand our need for God the most is when we think we are already there on our own or that we have some form of godliness. But the thing that when when I say it, it makes me uncomfortable because I want to balance that other side and act like, no, 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 guys, I'm not saying that sin's okay. And I think even that reaction still proves the Pharisee in me myself. Like I want to guard legalism. I want to guard it instead of just doing what Jesus did and absolutely bash it with a whip.
1: Yeah, like we don't tru- like we don't trust the freedom. We don't trust people with freedom. And we're seeing that even in the country. Like if we let people just like free market capitalism or whatever. Like I'm not some person that's like free market capitalism never did anything wrong. But this idea that like we've got to control this because if we let people do what they want, right. it'll be chaos. When that's not what we've really seen throughout history we see that government when it acts as a regulating thing that says I'm going to be a referee yeah. to make sure the CEO is not taking advantage in insider trading but I'm going to let the market decide whether Nike is a success or not or Apple Store right uh, and so same thing I mean it's not the same thing but it's similar in that we're afraid that if we let the wild freedom we're like they can't handle it yeah. they'll be it'll be crazy and uh, there's still part of that in me too like I mentioned it last came, last podcast that we I grew up teetotaler, if the alcohol touches your lips you're going to go straight to hell and I have right. a very reformed view on alcohol uh, I don't drink, I have alcoholism in my family mm-hmm. I just don't want to go down that road because right. I'm afraid I'll be that kind of guy that needs all the beers I have a friend who's a comedian <laughs> and she had this great joke she said, I don't drink because I already know that I'm an alcoholic by the way that I treat Netflix <laughs> I think that's so perfect <laughs> right and I think there's something that in me. I know I have kind of addictive personality I don't drink but if someone wants to have a beer around me or have a glass of wine I'm not gonna freak out anymore like I don't even feel weird anymore right but if somebody has alcohol it's got control of them I would say to that person that's That's not not freedom freedom either right you're now a slave to that yep so you have to same with money or anything else do you own things or do things own you and I think that's what God wants to set us free from the balance of that so I think there is balance to be struck between the two things, and apathy is a deal. Apathy of legalism is obviously you Everything. see the you see all the things you have to overcome the law, and that's why God gave us the law because it was like this pile of stuff you got to do to get to me, You'll and it was get so that. crazy, and the people were finally just like, well, fine, and when they finally had given up, He sent right a, a perfect you know uh, replacement, yeah. And so I think that's what you see is somebody that's caught up in legalism. You realize, I can't be perfect. I can look perfect. I can put on a mask. I figured that out early on. Learn to speak the language. Learn to dress a certain way. Hang out with the right people. And you're in. You're in. Christianity is very easy to fake. Oh, yeah. And so that's the most dangerous thing about it. So, yeah, you can fake that if you just know the rules and know the code and know the, the vernacular. But, yeah, it's it's a depressing state to be in when you know that around the corner they're going to see the real you and they're going to know how dark it is in there that's right. the part of the community that scares us the most by the way is not the messiness it's being known being really known yeah by somebody is horrifying
0: yeah you know i referenced that video of, of my friend christy you know and we've talked about that and 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 her husband jason who's a, you know was a drug addict and mm-hmm. And and I've really repented and, and gone on my journey. We showed her video last Sunday, uh, you know, and, and um, it'll be on, we're, we'll start announcing where you can find those videos actually pretty soon yeah. because they're going to be up on a new website within the next week, I think. And because uh, a lot of our listeners might want to go watch some of the things that we reference. And our pastor at the end of the day, you know, he closed our day saying, encouraging Jason and Christy are in the room because it was a tearful. I mean, yeah. It was great. And she revealed a lot. She revealed about her anxiety. She revealed about there were days that she just couldn't get out of the floor of her closet. Yeah. She was just in a fetal position. And friends came along beside her and just told her you're not you're gonna make it. Right. There were days that she wanted to be done with her marriage and had every right to be. Yeah. But felt like that the better decision, you know, what and, and she thought there's no way I could ever love this guy again after all this hurt and pain and and God restored that because he became her source. Mm-hmm. And it was this beautiful mess like reveal this and if you know Christy and she's been a friend for years and years and years to my wife and I and Jason especially Christy though in terms of this would have been her worst nightmare right to reveal that mm-hmm. i mean it's all of our worst nightmares yeah and and that's what my pastor said he goes you know we just want to encourage and be grateful Jason and Christy today and we've showed other videos but you know you guys you did for today you were the church today. Yeah. You did what we're talking about. This is what we should be celebrating and yeah. honoring the courage to say, "Hey man, I, I'm I'm in this mess." And what apathy does, it's so funny. I think apathy sets in 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 very almost deceptive ways in our lives. Because very few people would characterize themselves as truly apathetic. Yeah. If they do, to me it's usually like um a defense mechanism to keep us from having a real conversation. Yeah. You know, oh yeah, I'm apathetic about it means it's not that I really don't care about things is that that's an easier label than to either learn or to engage. Yeah. And so, but the apathy of the Christian, I think often is is in, it's layered. You know, the Pharisees would never consider themselves to be apathetic because they were so attentive to the minutia of mm-hmm of the law even to the point of making new laws making yeah. new rules making new things you know which is what the 20th century fundamentalist christianity did yeah. they're not wrong things to do but now you can't you can't wear shorts you got to wear pants you can't drink out of a root beer bottle someone might think you're drinking a beer All right. you can't go to a dance or watch a football game or see a movie even though you know like none of these things are are scriptural yeah. and there's a good heart somewhere to try to avoid that worldliness you're you know But you're looking at the symptoms of worldliness and treating them like the cause.
1: Right, and taking pride in your supposed lack of worldliness, too. That's the other part. It's like that's why self-righteousness is so much more dangerous than unrighteousness because an unrighteous person can be reached by God. It's like a drowning man that doesn't know he needs the life preserver. You're like, I'm good. You're just paddling. You're kicking away under the water because you don't want anybody to know you're drowning. You're like, I can't. I can't expose the brokenness. And so a self-righteous person is gonna drown. They're just gonna drown.
0: Yeah, and it's it's I think, man, that's a brilliant way to look at it. Because if you think about Paul, you know, realistically, okay, Paul was Paul was a Pharisee. Mm-hmm. Paul was radically transformed by Christ, and his initial ministry was to the Jews. Yeah. And specifically, no doubt, to the Pharisees that he once you know was in relationship with and had you would think clout with yeah and what's funny is Jesus's call from the beginning to Paul was I'm going to send you to the Gentiles this is this to me is counterintuitive like you're going to take the best Jew yeah of his day surely the best Jew of his day who is now a convert to Christianity will be highly effective in reaching the other Jews of mm-hmm. his day and Christ, even but and, and Paul tried it. It wasn't like Jesus said you can't. Yeah. But Paul tried that, and there was a moment in the Book of Acts where he finally just says, "Guys, I'm done. Yeah. I'm going to the Gentiles completely. Right. Because even one who understands your your viewpoint, yeah. It's when you're steeped in it, and here's what it is: it's a different religion now. It's yeah. a different religion. It's the religion of you. Mm-hmm. And I think f- for and you become apathetic to truth by your by your defense of a different version of truth. Yeah. You can't hear anymore. Uh, you don't care anymore about the person. Apathy yeah. the apathy of legalism is guys so is so. It's the homeless guy that walks in the church, and you're more uncomfortable by his appearance yeah. than you are by his situation. You're more worried about the mistakes he made. For which he is now being punished obviously that you didn't make then you are about meeting that need necessarily or if you know you have to technically meet a need and we talked about this before I, this is this is where we're all struggling how how do I meet this need rightly yeah yet yeah, keep my distance can I meet it easily um and, and it's just a it's a dangerous road where, whereby we don't we're not actually living the religion that we're proclaiming yeah you know you're back in the North Korean flag over your church you're the people's democratic republic of north right. korea but this thing is nothing like what yeah. your flag says you know yeah your
1: internet has two pages you're in this bubble <laughs> yeah you know and every page is like what do you know kim jong un hit another hole in one have you heard this story about him <laughs> no oh, i don't know if it was new, kim jong il his dad or kim jong un but i think kim jong un there's stories about him that when he plays golf that he gets 16 to 17 hole in ones no. every time he plays. And so the people that go with him they come back and they tell these stories. So he makes it he creates these little demigod stories, legends about himself. So people in, and people believe him. I'm like, like, well, well yeah. he, he's the perfect golfer. Of course he got 17 hole in ones out of 18. Wow. He missed the one, but you know, man, he's pretty good. Like why is that necessary? But it's that weird we pad ourselves to make look better and it only gets worse. The fascinating thing to me about Paul and I've always thought this uh, and reading the Gospels, he's one of the few people in the Bible that God could use. Who was super educated, yeah. And I think that's so fascinating because, and I don't think education by itself is just a barrier to God, unless we make it. But it is interesting that when we start getting human accomplishments, that it it's like it is a it is a wall in some ways if we let it be. Yeah. Now, once Paul, and it was such a it was such a barrier. He's one of the few educated people that God ever used. And he had to blind him and knock him off his horse (laughs) and speak to him in an audible voice. Why are you persecuting me? Right. Who is this? It's Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Right. So he had to clarify it. Yeah. In three days he was blind. Then he had to be healed by a dude he didn't even know. He said, Go to this guy's house. The guy lays his hands on him, like scales falling from his eyes. Don't forget
0: what Ananias what God told to tell God told Ananias to tell him. Yeah. He said you need to go tell him that I'm sending him to the Gentiles and to tell him what he must suffer for my name or what he's going to suffer right. for my name. Like, yeah. like, Paul's story is a story of suffering. I mean,
1: <laughs> I mean <laughs> that's my favorite thing. Like, we talked about doing men's conferences, and I, I think my message, knowing what I know about this whole idea of like new manhood and this reactionary thing that we do where the pendulum has to swing, we've wasified the America, of, but the honest thing is, man, you know, true power. Is not what we think of. We think of power. We think of the commander in chief who has his finger on the button and nations tremble. And you know, Donald Trump could probably start a war with a tweet at this point. I mean, this really is. There's there's national security involved with social media now. Yeah, that's power to people. Yeah, Uh, power in the Bible is sacrifice. It's it's power laid down. It's usefulness really. Mm-hmm. It's like power you would think of like in a drill battery. It's yeah. like that's power, but it's it fits in my hand. Yeah. It's useful. That's good. And so I just don't think we think of it rightly. And uh, it's martyrdom, you know. Like we I think I shared that, but like the word witness when he said you'll be, receive power to be my witnesses, the word witness is martos, where we get the word martyr. Yeah, you'll receive power to go die, just like he's telling Paul, you're going to suffer for me, right? And it's like I think if you know you're in God's will. Something about that suffering is is mitigated. Absolutely. And I think
0: he knew it. Paul said, I take joy in these sufferings.
1: Yeah, because he lived as the legalist who was doing everything right, <laughs> he's but he's free. still miserable. Yeah. He's still but then he goes, But I've been set free, but now I'm a bondservant to Christ, because I'm a slave to this new thing. And I've I've bought in all in. So now it's okay. I can suffer things. A snake can jump out of a fire and bite me, and I'm just like, "Well, another adventure." Like he
0: looked at it differently. Yeah. uh, Somehow, it's yeah. There's a really a reverse reality. You know, I'm always reminded that. Seinfeld episode where George figured out one day that if he wanted to be successful, he should decide what right. normal George would do and make the opposite yeah, decision. the so, opposite of his instinct. Yeah, so the entire, <laughs> the entire episode. Yeah, that's could be a whole sermon series. Yeah. Oh, it's so great, so yeah. great. My favorite is when he tries to fight the guys in the movie theater, He's on the <laughs> date with the girl, and the guys are real – just two talking. huge guys. Yeah. And they're spilling popcorn on him and obnoxious, and his girlfriend's like, tell him to stop. And he's just kind of sitting there, and then he realizes old George would just cower, and he stands up, and he's like, <laughs> you know what? Shut your mouths. Shut them. And you know – and he just he – just, he He's, he's like, like, if
1: you want to step outside, just say the word because I would I would love it. it. Like he just <laughs> – And if you think of
0: it like he just he just keeps and they just sit there and shut up and you know, of course the girls swooning over him and everything. But that there's this there's this opposite. Mm -hmm. Like it's not an opposite and equal reality. And I I, I'm not talking like the dark and light side of the force and all those things. I don't I don't believe that. Wait a
1: minute, John. You mean we're not Jedi's? I was told (laughs) that if I received Christ, I would be given a robe and a lightsaber.
0: Well we need to say for another episode the the viewpoint people don't realize how much spirituality and even entertainment affects their view of Christianity to yeah. think that the a, a, we need a dark side that to balance dark, us. Darkness yeah. is like some yeah. opposite of yeah. light, you know, I mean, and darkness is well, actually. We talk about that
1: with breaking bad, even in, like how we romanticize the, the Joker or the, the evil character. Cause it's like, they're much more interesting, right? Like the, the,
0: and they're not much different than the hero really. Right. right. His he's got a past,
1: right? He was burned as a child, so it's okay that he bombed the subway station. No, it's not, right? (laughs) You know, whatever. That backstory doesn't help me, you know. But yeah, we start to mitigate evil, and we think like, well, the good needs the evil. It's the yin and yang. It's like, well, that's not really how.
0: It's not. It's not scripture at all. Yeah, and (laughs) but and I think I think for us to get close to closing tonight. I think we do need to, and we can come back to this because apathy is something we can talk about week in and week out. But I do think it would only be fair to address the apathy of worldliness, and I think because we only address the apathy on, the, on yeah. the legalistic side, I do think that there's a danger. And I don't want anyone to, to misunderstand that. You, know, you were talking about drinking. Let's use that example again. Yeah. Um, it there's probably a, a, a pure intention mm-hmm. somewhere along the line, and if you understand American history, okay, American history is crazy about drinking. Um, so, uh, in fact, when I was researching my own family history, the number of, of taverns, the number of, um, <laughs> institutions or establishments where even spirits distilled spirits are being sold, yeah. it was a high, it was a high, it was a way to survive, uh, to make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a way, you know, it was medicinal other things too, but it was also a very social thing. And, and there was a. I read an article about how all these things... This made me too much for the end of the episode, but... No, I love it. Do it. There's this... So, Concord... Excuse me. Um, you the most even, famous grape juice, Johnny. Concord. Concord grape. No, no, grape, that's, the, no? that's the type of grape. Welch's? Welch's. Thank you. I'm okay. sorry, I just lost it. It's after midnight here. Yeah. Welch's grape juice began, okay? Yeah. Well, I read a fascinating article on this. Welch's grape juice began by, uh, it was started by a family Mm -hmm. for the purpose of offering non-alcoholic wine for communion. Okay. Okay? That's interesting. That's what it began as. It didn't exist before that. Uh It wasn't a thing. You know, grape juice wasn't as popular. I'm not saying grape juice didn't exist. Yeah. I'm just saying communion was commonly taken with wine. Yeah. And the reason was the temperance movement, which birthed somewhere in the mid-1800s, okay? Yeah somewhere in, really not before the 1800s. Like, I mean, hello, Martin Luther. <laughs> this is the 500th anniversary, you know, of the, yeah, of the Reformation. Martin Luther and these guys are having these conversations in taverns across Europe. Oh,
1: sure. That's my favorite thing, too, is people that, like, are teetotalers that I grew up around who just believed that alcohol was the number one evil thing in the world. And that yet they would quote C.S. Lewis all day, G.K. Chesterton. And you go, these guys <laughs> talked this stuff out over a pint. You know this, yes. right? Right, and once I discovered that, I was like, "Some of this doesn't hold water. This whole thing of like, well, Jesus turned water into wine, but it was watered down wine. No, I don't think so,
0: because they said it was the best. <laughs> they said this is the best. Well, now there's a whole movement, and I, and i would heard these arguments a lot in yeah. my life, and, and everybody, hang with us, no matter what your
1: oh my gosh. orientation is. We're here getting on real this up in here. Yeah,
0: so don't don't. I already freak said out. that I don't drink, it's so not not I'm not trying to like bad.
1: advocate yeah. right,
0: but. Again, I hate that I have to balance that, but I do care about everybody who are sure. listening, and so sure, even um, the wrong
1: ones. The,
0: <laughs> but so this movement began mm-hmm. because, and this is—I forget—I I read this elsewhere. I don't know where all these things came from, so I'm just putting them all together now. Yeah, but alcoholism became a problem in American culture because of the Industrial Revolution. Because alcoholism, it, it was happening in colonies and and, and smaller villages yeah. and things, but much lesser scale. The main reason was, you want to know why? Why? Because we live in a community with one another. Right. So think of Mayberry. Think of Otis the Drunk. You have one drunk in town. Yeah. And everyone's taking care of him. Right. And l- trying to lead him out of his addiction. Yeah. Right? Because you care about Otis. He's a human. He's making a mistake. And, and they right. some would say they were enabling him on the Andy Griffith show. Okay, sure. But point being, it wasn't like there were 10 Otises on the show. Yeah. Yeah. There was one in the whole town, right? And so these things were way more isolated and, and, and less predominant or mm-hmm. less, you know, prevalent. Well, industrial revolution happens, and and population explosions are happening in urban centered areas, and people are moving into these tenement housings and living alone. Yeah, you know, people. I got a factory job now. I may not yeah. even, I may not be married. I may be married. I may this and that. And so instead of drinking in taverns at the same level where in a small town I'm known and there is accountability there's yeah. an accountability to community yeah that even we're not talking christian community right. just an accountability to community although a lot of those were christian communities yeah it's now gone so now i'm sitting up now i got electricity by the way yeah i can just drink until yeah, whenever right, right. like right. usually the lights went out the candle blew out and we went to sleep you mm-hmm. know because we're going to get up and work the fields the next morning well, now I might stay up till midnight. Right. I have this, and I'm having a hard day, so what do I do? Why well, yeah. they just sit there? And so alcoholism exploded right? In the, because of the industrial revolution and because of a lack of community and accountability. Interesting. That is
1: fascinating.
0: And so what happened is, is Christians, there's a reaction. The temperance movement is a reaction to that. Uh-huh. And they begin to ascribe because, to the, it, it, rightly so, yeah. okay, in their world. I mean, it's not like they're looking at these patterns as we're looking at now in 2017. Right, I mean, they I can't I don't really, see
1: it from that exploded right. view. Yeah. I mean,
0: I think we could make very similar conclusions that, this is evil yeah like this is destroying families if this we take the alcohol homes. away
1: we'll fix the problem exactly so and the, what happened is they for the prohibition era birthed the whole like it's shameful which made it more likely for a kid do you know what i'm saying it's just yep. like when you hold the thing up whatever you do don't do this like you said hey, that about see, sadie don't watch this show it
0: gives birth to speakeasies like right. you're gonna it makes go you find a to, way yeah.
1: Well, and here's the deal. Organized crime—they control the alcohol now. They, you know, it's yeah.
0: Well, they—they they made it a religious. I hope our our listeners can hear the train in the background. We're, we have no we have no way to control the sounds wow. in this hotel room. But, yeah. but the the and I don't I don't want to our train of thought I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to wax eloquent on this because we're an hour and thirteen minutes in, oh but gosh. it's okay.
1: It's, it's okay. so good that the people are still they're oh, riveted. Yeah, they're They're with us. There's no way
0: anybody turned it off. Not a chance. But the the. So this is fascinating. So now take the Civil War. Mm-hmm. So not only are Industrial Revolution, but we're also taking medical advances because wars advance medicine, especially the Civil War, yeah. more than any war in American history besides Vietnam, I think. Okay. Anywho, this dude gets shot in the stomach, and somehow he survives and doesn't die. Right. And there's a hole in his stomach they can't close up. This is true story. They mm. can't close up the hole in his stomach. And this doctor begins doing experimentation by sticking things into the hole and watching it. What happens? How the stomach digests it? How the stomach <sighs> deals with it? And so there's he's sticking a green bean, or he's he's just looking at all kinds of food. Well, he puts alcohol in there, and for whatever reason, observes that something bad happens. You know, like this um, is very un, to our right to our minds very unscientific and not <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the a controls, lot of things probably would happen bad in a hole in your exactly, stomach. Exactly. Very the control, yeah. but anyway, a theologian got a hold of that, yeah. and wrote a whole book. About the not just the the evil, moral evil, yeah. but it's so moral that even your body doesn't. It's reje- you know,
1: Your body's rejecting
0: it. Your body rejects it. Yeah. And then that begins the narrative scripturally, that no one in 1850 years of Christianity had ever come up with before that the that the Bible speaking of wine was speaking of non-alcoholic wine. Right, so they had to explain it away. Well, I don't know if they explained it away. I mean, there were they were certainly growing in knowledge, but there were yeah. theologians that truly began to, and that made its way into books. Well, by the time I remember growing up, uh-huh. you know, I remember ministers I still love and respect— that was the belief system of their grandfathers and fathers Mm -hmm. and that this thing, you know, in the Bible is always unfermented. Unfermented. And, and and so to their point, and I think this is what I'm saying, as we said last week, if we're talking about the apathy of worldliness, you know, there's wisdom. You said it a minute ago, Hey, look, this is what I, this is what I tell people now these days. Look, if you're not disciplined in your money, like you can't, you can't keep a twenty dollar bill in your pocket without spending it, and you don't know where it goes. If you're not disciplined in your eating, mm-hmm. meaning like literally, you could eat and never stop. You binge eat things like that. You're out of control with it. Yeah. You're not disciplined with matters of sexual issues mm-hmm. in your life. You have a problem, and, and, and you know any if you have addictive personalities in those areas or you're undisciplined, right? It may be wise for you to avoid alcohol. At least until some things in your life grow, and maybe forever, the best choice for you yeah. could be to say, "Hey, this is not for me," because I've not shown that I have a propensity. And I think a great point is if you have alcoholism in your family, yeah, and you're and you're already predisposed, not not that that just means you're going to become one, but All you right. can tell other areas of your life that's already a problem, right? You know, things like you shouldn't again take the lesson from our American history. Yeah. Like if you use alcohol to chase away your problems while you're alone, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying you're not in community with somebody there's no accountability to that yeah you're not doing it you know to uh to whatever c s Lewis is with you know doing it and if that's not what those things because a lot of right. a lot of people in the day and age now have become apathetic to the wisdom of guys, we should avoid worldliness yeah. okay but we should not just be avoiding it by our actions. It should be that we're being transformed by Christ so that Right, naturally, we're coming to the place in community that we're avoiding worldliness. So we're not pro drinking. Like
1: no, not, no, I mean the, I don't that. drink myself. I'm just, I'm just. I think that giving the freedom to be deciding that something that you're uncomfortable with is like your the sin that you're going to decide is the most outrageous sin. Right, that irks me about Christian culture sometimes. Sure. We've decided, we've decided that X Y Z. It's like we we said it last time on the podcast. The love the sinner, hate the sin. It's like how about love the sinner, hate your own sin, <laughs> right? Hate your own sin, get back to me. Recognize your own yeah. sin. Yeah, get back to me after you've really hated your own sin, and you're and you are so familiar with it. Yeah, uh, and then we'll talk. But it's like we're so like, well, I just it's it's never said in anything but a condescending way when we say that. And um, I don't think that there's like I think there are some well-meaning people who just are sure. struggling with self-righteousness. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm torn. Like I said, I grew up in this. So when I see somebody who I go, uh, man, they're struggling with this or this has control of them, would they, be, would they have been better off under legalism? It's hard not to ask that question. Would they have been better off under a prohibition mindset that just says, stay away? And I just don't know the answer to that except to say, it obviously doesn't work.
0: We, we know it doesn't work. It may even produce a lack of drinking or a lack of whatever it is you're trying to prohibit. <laughs> yeah, but it, it doesn't, doesn't produce a confidence in the right parts right. of the gospel. Yeah, it doesn't produce confidence, it, it doesn't produce joy, produce it doesn't produce, produce, it doesn't produce full wholeness. a strong body right. of Christ, a community. And, with, yeah. and I would say this, and now while you're saying that, for whatever reason, and I can say this because I was the Pharisee. Yeah. I think I still am. Like, I'm aware of my sin on this one, and I thought that'd be the worst thing that ever happened. And I do feel free. Yeah not i feel like transformations right. happening in ways that i wanted it to yeah. that i tried to conjure yeah. and what would be i would say this if you're especially if you grew up in 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 christianity then man what a blessing that is we're not we're not dogging that that's a blessing but let me just ask you this question if you're listening what would be so bad what would be so harmful about letting your guard down enough to go i wonder if there's self righteousness in me like if i wish somebody would ask me that Because it was like this institutionalized way of thinking that I must be right because someone told me I was, and the people who told me are good people that I trust, and we all love God, and therefore, man, all that can be true. Yeah, It's just not a you're not saved kind of thing, but what would be the harm Mm -hmm. of saying, I wonder if there's something in my life that – Three generations back, and I'm not just talking about drinking, it's based off of some dude putting, uh, you know, pouring alcohol into a hole in some guy's stomach during the Civil War. But I didn't, I don't know where the epicenter of the thought process is, but somewhere down the road, it grew into a theology. And we go back to last week. There's really only a couple questions that matter. Hey, I'm not for drinking, against drinking. You know what? I am for not being dogmatic about something the Bible's not dogmatic about yeah. and not being dismissive right. about something the Bible's not dismissive about. And to Jackie's point in question, when I am either worldly or legalistic, yeah. I become apathetic to something. Yeah. I become apathetic to something. I am now not caring about something else that's important mm-hmm. whenever there should be some sense of balance there.
1: Yeah, I think that's true. And, and man, I just, I don't I think it's, these are hard things, man. <laughs> I think we we talked about it on the way up too, like the this idea that like I don't ever want to be dismissive of sin because Christ is not dismissive of sin. He just says, "I got it. I cover this." Yeah. So that's not to say, well, this is okay. It's not okay. A sin is not okay. Uh, So if you have sin, it 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 enslaves you, right? And He wants you to be free from that. So it's not a matter free you from that, right? So it's not a matter of like. Well, am I gonna barely skate into heaven? What can I what's the worst thing I can do? And so like that those are the wrong questions. The question is, what would it be like if I didn't crave drugs? What would it be like if I didn't have to look at porn? Yeah. Those are the questions that we should ask. You know, because you know, it's like when you start a diet. I start, I mean, how many diets have I been on? And you start them and you go, Now I have to eat nothing but meat, I can't have any carbs. Is there a cheat day ever in there? You're already looking at the cheat day. That's your goal is to get. If I can get to Sunday, I can have a real. What would it actual, be like if I
0: just liked healthy yeah, food? Yeah, exactly. What <laughs> if I was transformed? I yeah. can't
1: ever have. You're telling me I can't ever have fast food. Instead of saying, "What would it be like if I didn't have to have a Big Mac?" Right. What if they didn't have control of me? Because we know that stuff's addictive. That's the one thing we do know about fast food. Uh. It's so addictive. I'm telling you, John. They're putting chemicals in there, bro, that make you give up on your dreams.
0: Listen, I judge you harder than myself. Thank you. For some reason. I appreciate that. Even though you you. watched what happened to me today. You... (laughs) I looked across from you and said... You
1: are an inner... Like, there's a fat person (laughs) in some thin people. Hey. You are a fat person. In a fat person. No, no, no. You're not fat. I'm saying... (laughs) You... There's a fat person in there. I think it's why we're friends. (laughs) Cause I can still see you. There's no judgment, you know. You're like, look, Johnny. But for my genetic, like, I just got a little worse genetic lottery, I don't,
0: Johnny. I don't. You know
1: what I'm saying? Like, I, I had a heavier set mom, and so there's just like, I'm gonna fight this stuff harder.
0: You want to know the reason I'm not 300 pounds? I don't know. There's one reason. Why? Jesus. It's Is that what you're gonna, it, <laughs> <laughs> hey. No. It's my incessant nervous pacing. You pace when you walk when you talk on the phone. That's and, annoying. Well but Does I, Laura get mad about that?
1: She stopped a long time ago. If you're ago, ever on the phone with yes. John Driver, just know this. He is walking.
0: Well, and I also pace I pray in a walk. Yeah. I, I like to run. I'm just in motion. Yeah. And um I really I need to you get a pedometer burns, because there's no there's no telling. I mean, literally, I'm probably walk a good ten miles a day. Yeah. Either on the phone or in a conversation. I mean I'll go up at the staff table and walk around sometimes during the staff on meeting. On the staff table, uh, a, on, guys, like I coyote ugly. On you're <laughs> <Here> on. <only. laughs> well, hey guys, man, we sure had a great time. Don't forget to check us out on uh, at talk talk talk, about, AB talk AB that Pod. That pod.
1: And uh, and mean, you know, we really are. Yeah, subscribe on iTunes yeah. and leave a review, leave a rating because that helps us in the rankings and all that good stuff.
0: And really, if something today, I mean, let's be let's be with that. If and if, if something today spoke to you or sparked something in you like it did in Jackie, uh, something today that was funny or, or you know it it, it helped you then do us a favor and pass this along to somebody. Yeah. Because, man, we started this to actually talk to real people and talk about real issues and to have fun doing it. And so we're loving it. And do us a favor and and let that content get to someone else. Tell them to go back and start from the beginning and catch up. But, man, we're loving hearing from you guys. and Be encouraged. uh, Stay in the fight. We love you. Yep, love you. We'll see you next time on Talk About That.